Clarita here, and I've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. If you want to release your music into the world, DistroKid's the easiest way to get your music into all the major streaming platforms, unlimited uploads, and keep 100% of your royalties. And because you're a Design Freaks listener, you get 30% off. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Design Freaks. DistroKid. listening. I have someone here who keeps saying interesting things to me, so I'm just going to start recording. (laughs) Um, First of all, thank you to everybody for listening. And, oh wait, there we go. Now we can start. Um, Thanks to everyone for listening and for subscribing, rating, and reviewing, and for leaving um, comments on social media and uh, just want to say thank you to Paul Gorman, the author of Reasons to be Cheerful, the life and work of Barney Bubbles. He reposted us and um, is following our podcast now, and really, it's really an honor. Um, here with me today, uh, here I wrote countless show posters, t-shirts, records, and most recently, the New York Times book review. Right, and the illustration for it, right? yeah. All right, uh, CM Ruiz or Carlos? I go by CM. CM. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Welcome. We're west of the Rockies. South of heaven. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Okay, cool. Uh, we were just talking about some super cool opportunities that you've gotten recently um what are you working on right now i think that's what people want to know um i am just working on a comic for, for, for uh immediately spell on myself uh just like a cryptocurrency company blockchain company um and then always like posters um and oh, I'm doing some stuff for Levitation Fest right now. Cool. Is it um, Levitation France? No, it's uh, Levitation is like the umbrella company, so they do like France and Zurich, and mm-hmm. um, but they're mainly based out of Austin. They were like the rebranded oh, right. Austin Psych Fest. And you've done, yeah, I was gonna say you did Austin Psych Fest as well. Right. I actually had done like um, a bunch of when they were rebranding it. Mm-hmm. Um, what two years ago, and had done like a ton of stuff with their art director, and then the whole festival got canceled because of that. Um, what do you call it? It was like a severe weather warning, and it like got all rained out. So mm-hmm. we had worked on for like a couple months on no all way. this art, and then the last time I was there at Carson Creek Ranch, it got rained on. Was it the one where they moved everything to, like, Austin and a bunch of different venues and stuff? Uh, I think they kept it at the ranch but uh, that particular year, but there was there were some delays in the shows. Yeah, this year, I guess there was, like, a lot of lightning, and, like, they, were, they had to cancel everything. And so we had spent, like, a couple months, like, rebranding everything, and then we couldn't roll it out because it got canceled, like, 
mm-hmm. before the festival actually happened, and so all the venues were changed, and so none of that came. So out, they didn't move it back into the city where it started because right. I went um, the first time I went. I think it was the first time was when it was at the power plant. Were you there? It was mm-hmm. like at the Austin power plant. It's pretty cool. Okay. Um, the sound was a little rough because I could hear more than one band at a time, the way mm. the stages were set up, mm-hmm. which wasn't great. But Yeah, <laughs> I've never been. The first time they uh, asked me to do it, I don't remember how long ago it was. It was a while ago. But they were like, you could either take the money or we could fly you out here and you can go to all the shows. And I was like, I'd rather take the money. Because it was like, <laughs> well, it was on my like birthday weekend. Oh, right. Like every year. It's always, it was always oh, at yeah. the end of April. So I was like, I could rather just buy like a new Nintendo game or something. Right. Um, yeah, I really like the ranch location. That's too bad. They always have it during the kind of the rainiest season. I think last year it went off, but um, I didn't really do too much for it last year. And mm-hmm. then this year they came back to me um, to do, I think, like 10 new t-shirt designs. And, awesome. Um, I'm sure that'll be like mixed into uh, some like spin them out into poster designs too. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do reuse some things for both posters and t-shirts? They wanted to because they want to like mm-hmm. connect the graphic identity between the mm-hmm. posters and the shirts. Um, and then also I did have some stuff last year that I designed that didn't ever get used. I think they wanted to like sleep on and kind of present for this year. Cool. For like 2019. I loved your work for Levitation France as well. Yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, and it really stood out because a lot of the other stuff looked so classic. Mm-hmm. Classic psychedelic, which is great. But then your work really kind of popped out. Yeah, they... they. I think that he, the main art director, and like one of the founders, his name is Rob Fitzpatrick, he uh, uses me more for like Sometimes when they present more post-punk bands or, like, more 90s alternative mm-hmm. bands. Um, and then he's always pushing for kind of that more, like, raw look style than, mm-hmm. like, it being eyeballs on planes. and Right. Or, like, perfectly warped lettering. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I love that I can tell, even when I see on Pinterest pe- that people are influenced by you, obviously. Um, I can always tell when it really is you, mm. which is a good thing. Um, I guess it's the visual noise that's always there. There's nothing, there's not really much clean area on the design. I think a lot of that is like, yeah, because a lot of have used on Xerox machines. The so last year mm-hmm. in my studio, I've had two Xerox machines mm-hmm. that I was using. Um, for different levels of, like, decay. And then I'll keep kind of those, like, smudges and imperfections rather than having clean white space right. around it. But that that's exactly why I always know when it's you. Um, also, your composition. It's awesome. Mm. Uh, have you ever thought about using um, a risograph, risograph printer? No. No. Have uh, you ever had your work printed? Yeah, I did a thing with uh, this Thickest Thieves zine. They're uh-huh. like a local comics anthology, and they uh-huh. did like a year-end book, I think, for... Or maybe it was a summer special, but I did some comics that they riso printed in that. But I've never done it myself or like sought it out. I was going to ask you, what is the project you're working on? Um, do you have stuff to promote? Like, what is the thing you're doing mm. with people of color and women? What was the... Oh, right. Um, so that got born out of... Uh, it's kind of a long story, but the short version is uh, I was running for the last year a uh, gallery called Nimodo. Nimodo spelled N-I-I. Yeah, M-O-D-O. Okay. Um, cool. And... That was where it was a commercial space that we turned into an art gallery in Wallingford. And um, I was a curator and like 
kind of helped produce events and stuff there too. But uh, the focus was on women artists, uh, artists of color, and first-time exhibitors. Um, the space was really, really cheap, provided by uh, these local redevelopers called Revolve in Seattle. And they um, they also had the lease on the Lusty Lady. That's kind of like oh. why we moved into this next space. Mm-hmm. Um but because it was so cheap to run and mm-hmm. so cheap for commercial real estate, we could kind of present artists that maybe other galleries couldn't because of the restrictions on like their their cost of running their mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. Um, with like high rents and um, rents too damn high, folks. For those yeah. of you not in Seattle. So, like, we were, like... Yes, it's everywhere. <laughs> well, we were able to, like, present artists that, like, give their first solo gallery show um, because we weren't beholden to, like, make, like, a couple thousand off art sales. Mm-hmm. Um, we could, like, kind of use it as a mentoring tool for, like, new young artists that mm-hmm. um, were probably years away from, like, getting into their own, like, commercial space gallery space um and yeah so we ran that for last year and then it just shut down um this last few weeks ago and then we're gonna reopen it um once we get our next space awesome that's something to look forward to keep your ears peeled yeah we also had like a chance to like do like bands play there so like use it as a diy venue also and like in wallingford you said mm -hmm, we had like film screenings and like um we had a thing called bazone fest this year that was like just a bunch of different like um performances a lot Mm -hmm. of performance art and um that kind of ran the gamut it was like mud wrestling and Whoa. like synchronized <laughs> I dancing. I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> it was like synchronized dancing, the Britney Spears songs. There was like a, a, mo- a place where like there was like a karaoke tent uh, bands mm-hmm. played. It was just like this very like open community loving space. Mm-hmm. Um, the karaoke thing was supposed to be, it was really dark in there so you could like go in there like be awful but like not be shamed yeah Yeah. exactly like it was it was was a really awesome event and is there any prediction on when you'll reopen it we were supposed to have the next space like two weeks ago so it's kind of it's it's kind of up in there um but we're hoping for the next like 90 days or six months like opening up and we're not sure it's either going to be another gallery that's open to the public on mm-hmm. the hill, um, or my other option, I think, is going to be just providing really cheap art studios on Capitol mm. Hill that are like under market, so that they're available for like lower income people or mm. people that can't like um, spend too much but like need a space to produce their art absolutely because a lot of places i mean talking to other artists like it's so much of your money is going into your apartment Mm -hmm. and usually they're not that large so you need an extra space but then you're stuck in this catch-22 of not being able to afford another space without like having several people go in on it you should listen to the barney bubbles episode because he his philosophy was he hated beds for that reason so he'd sleep on a sleeping bag and hang it on the wall during the day so he could have 100% of his space devoted to creativity. <laughs> well, in my apartment, I have a giant work desk that's like three feet by eight feet. And then I have mm-hmm. a, a mattress underneath it. So See? I have, so I'm like using. Great minds. Um, another thing he did was moved into a huge place with a bunch of people and suggest they all sleep in the same room. So then they could just create in the other rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know, that doesn't sound ideal, but um, and I don't think they actually did it, but he it was his idea. What yeah. do you think about that? Uh, I don't really like. 
I would probably get pretty It'd be like manic. the grandparents from Willy Wonka. Yeah, no. I, I like... Well, in my old studio, too, I had a studio in Nimodo, and it was just, like, behind two doors, and it, like, never got mm-hmm. uh, sunlight. And I liked, like, going in there and just working all the time, and then it's like living in a little oh. rat hole. And then wow. uh, emerging once, like, I'm like, I can leave when I'm done, or get to a certain goalpost, and then... Oh, um, so you, I do that, too, when I'm designing. Do you do the um, peeing is for closers, or eating is for closers? <laughs> Like, I just have to finish this one thing, and then I deserve to eat. Sort of. Um, a lot of the time, I'll have, like, some bananas or a coffee or something. <laughs> something to eat. Yeah. Uh, you know, pressed juices or something. Christmas time. Merry Christmas, everybody. What do you have if people want to, like, buy a print? Or is there somewhere they can buy your stuff? I'll edit this out if you don't have Um, No, you'd have to, like, DM me. I still have stuff from okay. Short Run. Oh, um, awesome. I have, like, a few shirts and some prints I had and some zines I made for Short Run. Oh, um, cool. So if people DM you, where do you want to give out your ads? Oh, yeah. Um, it's at... C-M-R-T-Y-Z. Mostly on Instagram. I'll see it on Instagram. I don't have a smartphone, but uh, I look at it when I'm in Wi-Fi sometimes. Okay. That's reasonable. Um, You're one of the last ones. I don't know. I have my new Kia. It's calls and it texts. That's all I need, really. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, I put up a question on Twitter, and I asked, what questions do you have for C.M. Ruiz? And um, at the underscore or at the story thief wants to know who are some new artists whose work you're excited about. You you're excited about spelled creatively. Um, new artists. Um, or anyone. I would say anyone. I I had this. Uh, I mean, running the gallery, I was like had a really great opportunity to show a lot of like the stuff that was super exciting to me um and a lot of it i got to buy and i love having their work uh i would say one that's really under the radar right now that i really love is this woman julia tatia trayrong she um i'm gonna look it up um and she does like she has a bunch of baskets and like she for her solo show she made these um functional like lamps and stuff she like crochets and Ooh, weaves together cool it's really cool she makes like cable knits out of what is this plastic and like old um like uh extension cords and um yeah so for those of you listening it's spelled julia well her her website is julia taya tata Tatia, so J U L I A T A T I Y A dot com. Yeah, Tatia. Interesting. Yeah, her stuff's really, really cool. Um, I like bought some other stuff from. Uh, man, I'm blanking. Yasmin, Yasmin Queen. She her stuff's really rad. Um, I just bought a painting from um, Alyssa Putnam. Mm-hmm. Do you have a ton of art in your space? I have a lot of art. Yeah. <laughs> um, not only was I, like, buying art from uh, all the shows that we had to kind of, like, keep a record on everything, um, but there was also, like, people I was trying to, like, line up for the new space that's just been kind of, like, so in flux that I haven't been able to. I really like Barry Johnson's mm. paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, that name is so, that name is, like, your name where I Google it and it's, like, forget it. Yeah, Barry Johnson. I think he just did like a TEDx talk or something in okay. Seattle. Um, he he does really amazing paintings. Oh no, it um, came right up. Cool. And I wanted to have him be the inaugural for show for the next one. So, mm-hmm. um, so for when we open, hopefully he'll still be uh, interested in it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, but I don't have a oh, smartphone. That's, that's... That's okay. I know I'm cheating. I'm like here on Google. Uh, I, mean, I have other. Questions. That Kate Bailey show was like 
my favorite show that we presented maybe and that was mm-hmm. her first solo show so for this one she did um what do you call it she did a bunch of robots mm. that collectively were like a self-portrait of herself because mm-hmm. all their functions were like different functioning mm-hmm. um pieces of her own personality or like Whoa. what they were like programmed to do were like was like a part of herself in pieces oh. um so they didn't they weren't visually but they together were like stepping into her brain kind of is there a way to see it the whole picture of it without being there yeah i think she i think she has a vimeo video she she had people come in to like um record like what the show was all about How did we meet? Was it when we DJed on the radio? I think I may have known who you were before then, but I think we met, yeah, when West brought me and Ty in to DJ on Sonic Reducer once. Yes. I remember um, we played Dow, or no, um, Dow Jones, yep, bunch of punk songs. And then we DJed a different punk thing together. I might cut this out. <laughs> it's not interesting. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't remember though. Yeah. It's been a long time. No, it's been a really long time since I've seen you. I went to design school. I kind of like disappeared. Yeah, Um, I was, I was unemployed for a year. So, um, I was looking for work, but then also just working. I had like a, I had one art show this year. See, can we talk about your jokes? Let me read one. Here we go. Uh, which I didn't, Facebook. I didn't um, bet this. So I know. We can always cut it out. No, whichever one you like. Really good. You So you were on a date once. Things oh, okay. were going well. Mm-hmm. But she totally walked out, walked out on me because I was too old-fashioned. It's a shame because I thought we had great alchemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, where are my sound effects? <laughs> I'm just going to put one in there. Um, That is great. You wrote that. Um, it's like part of stuff I see around sometimes. I have like a bunch of old joke books too. Yes. <laughs> and then you kind of make them your own. Right. I, I have, love it. I like the dating ones because I've been single. So like, I think a lot of people oh. go into those thinking it's going to be like a real like observation on <laughs> dating 2018. Or like juicy goss. Right. Something like that. Um. I'm trying to think of another one I had. It was, I had That's some meaning to do. I had some Here's other ones. Another one. I was on Instagram discovery and found an artist who did realistic frozen sculptures. They were fine. I see pose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, do you want, do you want to hear a joke I made up the other day? Sure. Okay. You don't have to pity laugh. Just okay. Give me your real response. You can workshop this one. On we'll there. workshop it. Um, what do you say when you see a sexy salad? Arugula. Mm. <laughs> that's the level I that like. We're working oh, with. That's fine. <laughs> um, no, I started doing those because um, because of the election, you know. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't want to be another voice in the in the bubble void that keeps mm-hmm. coming around. So I was like, I'm just gonna make jokes which like um i've actually when i have gone out has been like people have come up to me and been like oh i like that you do that because like Mm -hmm. everything else is so shitty on there do you feel like people look at us people of color uh do you say latinx Oh, I've been saying Latinx's. Latinx's. Okay, I'm doing that now too. I like Latinx's. It kind of it makes more sense, and it, it's, it's in Espanol. Yeah, and it sounds kind of better than that. Right, and you're Guatemalan, right? Mm-hmm. Verdad. Um, do you feel like people kind of expect us to be more involved during harsh mm. political times? Like, but there seems to be a little bit of pressure to. To if you're not angry, then you're not paying attention, type of thing. Hmm. Um, I guess not if you're just tweeting out jokes anyway. I don't know. I haven't gotten any of that. I've have. I felt like. Or like you're an artist, you need to use your platform. Well, that's kind of what 
I think I've been doing enough with like having the gallery. Right. I was like presenting these works of like kind of fringe voices. Like right. um, there, I think that Seattle does have like a lot of great, you know, artists of color and like women artists and stuff. Um, Absolutely. And so having a space and like a place for that to be presented. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a political statement in itself, but people are very literal about they want to see it like in your work. Like they want to see mm. Trump's face with the X through it or some shit. I don't know. I don't know. I like, <laughs> I remember I was like downtown and I saw this fucking, sorry, I keep cursing. Uh, oh, go ahead. I, I saw, uh, it was during art fair mm-hmm. and there was like a painting that someone was moving that was like. Trump on all fours with like a stick up his butt and like Putin <laughs> standing behind them, and it was like uh, a ten thousand dollar painting. I'm like, this is what? Sick. I was like, this. Is how sick. did you know how much it cost? I saw it later online. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but I was like, this is so trite. It's like, was it one of those homophobic I, Trump Putin things that drives me crazy? I, I hate it. Must have been, but it like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't. Wanna, it just seemed like a very like this is it's ridiculous it's so whack it's so yeah. corny and it's gonna be so dated and it's like it's gonna be like a rock against bush album cover or something <laughs> like it's yeah i'm i would rather invest in like things with actual impact than like splash in the pan right. piece of art that's not gonna do much other than like Sate some like I don't know someone that feels critical enough to mm-hmm. call you out to do that I guess if that's what you mean like someone that's like you should be having some of this work or some of this stuff more reflective in your work mm-hmm. I would rather do something that has a bigger impact right because of it's a lasting effect also yeah. there's different ways of of uh, contributing and being political, like you said, just providing a space for people mm-hmm. of color and women um, in a place in Seattle where it's pretty hard for people to get started in the art world because yeah. the gallery scene is is pretty established. It's a little gatekeepy, but it mm-hmm. but I think that it's somewhat it, their hands are a little tied because of like how expensive their rent is. Right. Like I don't think that. I mean, I would hope that they don't want to just show the same kind of artists that will sell paintings that are a lot so that they can make their rent every month. But Mm -hmm. another thing I wanted to ask, so I was at a party last night. Um, It was a party for Saki Mafandikwa. He started a design school in Zimbabwe. He wrote this book called African Alphabets and is just a brilliant designer. Um... Yale educated, but, you know, kind of went his own way again. And and I had just watched his TED Talk, and I was like, you know, I know you say, like, to find your heritage. You know, I'm half Mexican, part Mexican, whatever. Grew up, But I grew up on, like, Nickelodeon and, like, mm-hmm. fruit roll-ups. Like, where do I pull from? And so he was kind of just telling me, you know, well, what's your name and what you know, look at your surroundings and basically told me, um, that I can take from my culture. It's just, it's kind of like an amalgam of all my experiences and it's not necessarily like hardcore Mexican, but there is something that I'm leaving out by not having that reflected in my work at all. Do you sometimes have people tell you like, I don't see your heritage in your work or is that something you don't hear because your style is so strong on its own um no one's ever told me that mm-hmm. i don't think they dare tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know like why would someone i don't know if... he didn't tell me that i've heard that mostly from non uh, from white people mostly like i don't see your hispanic culture in your work i don't see austin in your work you're from austin oh man i would um, maybe freak out on do you think that, that that's sort that. of exotification no i think it's like incredibly rude <laughs> and like nothing that they wouldn't even know what the, what they're talking about right even if um, it's another artist 
Yeah. I so. How important is your heritage? I don't know. Is that something you think about? Um. Yeah, this is a good line of questions. No, no, seriously, because so I had done um that show. Mm-hmm. My show this year was in July. Um, and that whole show was more about, um, kind of working through all that other stuff you're talking about, like the American heritage a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, it was all of like the things that just made me really joyous inside. And then also, um, it was all like kind of psychedelia and like pop art and, mm-hmm. um, but like also very like cute and like fun and bubbly. Mm-hmm. And then I also tried to do like different mediums I had never tried. Like I did sculpture like out of like I carved out of like styrofoam blocks like oh, things. I'd love to see that. And then I created like paper sculptures and I created a plush sculpture. Oh, you did uh, a lot of felt work too. Didn't yeah, you? I did like a just trying like I'm like I'm really comfortable doing X. So why don't I try this other stuff? So I did like uh, creative direction of photography and then painted on top of them. So I j- did everything that wouldn't be just like my posters. Like mm-hmm. I w- didn't do any like prints. It was all painting and photographing myself. And mm-hmm. like, um, cause my last major show was photographs I painted on, but I didn't take the photos. Mm-hmm. I like collabed with Megumi, mm-hmm. uh, Arai. And, uh, but she shot him and I did the like, creative direction on it so this Mm -hmm. time i wanted to like handle that um but i wanted to get that kind of out of the way before i sort of um tackled anything that was about my heritage Mm -hmm. um and that is kind of like that show was stuff i was already really familiar with in my in myself and in my like uh influences and likes or whatever Mm -hmm. um and it still took me like seven months to actually produce Mm -hmm. whereas this next thing i do towards that um i don't know how much it's gonna how long it'll take me to kind of do something that i think reflects as much as i want it to Mm -hmm. i think it it is kind of the next thing I want to do is kind of broach mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, my grandma passed away kind of early on in the year because during that. Yeah. Um, and. But it's hard to say. Like, we grew up, like, with Spanglish in the house, but we're still eating Dunkaroos and playing Nintendo. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, what is my culture? I guess that could be my art, but. You know, what am I going to do? A painting of Totino's pizza rolls. Right. Well, that's why kind of like that show was that bit of it. Um, But like when my grandma passed, my... Tony Hawk 2 painting. There you go. Well, it kind of solidified an idea, a thought in me because she was... My dad's uh, mom Mm -hmm. was like indigenous Mayan. And Mm -hmm. so like when she passed, they didn't know how old she was because she didn't have a birth certificate when she was born like she was just like a village kid that like got taken in by the like orphanage when like guatemalan like government came in and was like Mm -hmm. gathering all these children from the village and stuff so Mm -hmm. um wow i think like something like that like it made me kind of think about my heritage more being like that's that's a very interesting part of myself that I haven't like delved into right particularly yet one of the things that when I'm like showing younger artists work mm-hmm. or like people that are kind of getting in and like writing artist statements for example like mm-hmm. those are the worst yeah some people <laughs> don't like them I love them really I think they're great please help me <laughs> because well and this is this is it's the same it's the same parallel road for me, I think. Artist statements with grappling some of these, like, ideas in your head is being able to... The way I look at an artist statement is essentially you're writing down the ideas that went into your show that if... Say you had an art show, 
Mm-hmm. And he had no artist statement, or it was just kind of like thrown together artist statement. Mm-hmm. And at your opening, you have people coming up to you being like, oh, what's this picture about? And you explaining to them like, oh, I was coming from this place, you know, mm-hmm. like as you would do and like as polite. I've always done. Yeah. And polite You're conversation. All of my art shows. <laughs> right. That what you do is just in that artist statement, <laughs> you put down that like worked like spiel you have already right. into a statement and then like anyone that asks you so what's this about you'd be like if you read it you wouldn't i wouldn't have to repeat this a hundred times I to everybody read, sir well just like that <laughs> that is ex- yes that's essentially your essentially, what you would be saying to yeah, explain yourself exactly yeah. you're just stealing your like spiel that you're In gonna say a hundred times too, like don't don't like suffer over it Right, you just you just like you know that at your opening, people are going to ask you what is going on, Mm -hmm. and if you know what's enough to tell them, you could just write that down in an artist statement, and then Mm -hmm. you're done with it. You don't have to tell a hundred people the same exact thing because it's written on the wall right there. Um, Hmm. any plans for a book, an art book? Hmm. Not for like a couple of years, maybe. Okay, I That's have so plan. much work. You have an insane well, when amount of work. When I was moving um, recently, studios into or out of my studio, I was just like, it's it's mm-hmm. too much. I yeah, I've done like six hundred posters mm-hmm. in Seattle. I know how to do book layouts. So um, just let me know. But I've done them as zines and stuff at Short Run, like. But I mean to make money. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to make money ever. You would. You will. You don't want to, huh? Maybe on my <laughs> um, maybe on my 30th retrospective. Yeah. There you go. I was going to ask you another story from Twitter. Philip K. Diculus, a blue Garfield, <laughs> asked, why make anything? Oh, yeah. That's a big one. That's a great one. Yeah. I've... I've I, I don't know what's behind that. With it might be. I wonder who this person is. If they've heard <laughs> we tell this story, there's no story. But <laughs> there's there. I had a. I He's a, pretty into Garfield. I had a. Uh, <laughs> I had this uh, interview with Amazon, a phone interview. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, had this phone interview. It was the worst interview I've ever had, and they called me. <laughs> and okay, we can leave the name in. <laughs> It was terrible. Well, so they, uh, they're like, hey, do you have an hour for this interview? I'm like, yeah, I have an hour. Um, and it was over in 20 minutes, the whole interview. Um, so that says something. But uh, they were asking if partly, like, if I understood, I'm going to try and get this right. But something like if I understood the mechanisms for which they decide why they make aesthetic choices in one area and not another, and how they are, like, produced independently and never together, or something like that. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, oh, so you're asking if I understand why we design a certain way and not another way? And she's like, no, I didn't say anything about design. And so I was like, so you're asking me, do I know why I make, something and not nothing <laughs> and then she's like moving on um and then oh no and then she she asked me something else and it was really i like answered but she like didn't care about it and then she asked me what my dream job was and i said ice cream taster because <laughs> i was like i'm just gonna tank this anyway like this is stupid this is not where I want to work. Oh, my God. Bikini inspector? Are you happy now? <laughs> and then she asked me if I had any questions for her. And this was like 12 minutes into this hour <laughs> interview. So it was already like she was done. Please tell me you asked uh, her a fucked up question. No, I asked her two questions. I was okay. My first question was, um, what do you hate about working at Amazon? Oh. <laughs> and she said... Uh, she was like, oh. you know- <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> she said, oh, you know, like, uh, this job is really what you bring to it. If, <laughs> if you're not going to enjoy it, then you're going to have a bad time. Right. I like like my work, so I like my job. Like, 
was very... And also, folks, we know people who work there and are perfectly fine. And then my last question was like... It's fine. Um, does this... we got to pay their bills. I was like, does this interview uh, method work? Like, do, do you <laughs> think that this actually gets you the best clients? Or like, have you... Has someone squeaked through this interview process only to like freak out and like have to be have to leave the building because this method so didn't work that you hired the wrong person and then she said that that's classified or it's like she can't tell me that information has your, basically what you said was does this shitty format has this uh backfired on you yeah. why are you still doing it if, if it, it has if it yeah the success rate of this is worth it i guess um but uh i guess you know sometimes to make something and not nothing is just you know it's your human spirit i guess when There's i something inside of us right we yeah. gotta make stuff well when i started making stuff too in high school i would just mm-hmm. like draw weird pictures and then i kind of figured out in senior year like if i put band names and like a date (laughs) and like where the show is turning my pictures into posters Mm -hmm. they had a functionality to them right and so like it was not just something that i was making my sketchbook like it Mm -hmm. was like an actual pursuit i could do Mm -hmm. and then when i moved here like i was just asking everybody that I could do posters for you for free. And then for mm-hmm. two years, just did it. And mm-hmm. kind of like, that's kind of how it worked out. So you're the one who made bands think they could get free posters. I did it for like, two, <laughs> well, I was 18 and they weren't right. good. Oh, I <laughs> but, bet they were awesome. But uh, once people started asking me to do posters, I started charging. Right. And so once they approach you. Right. Yeah. And it's, I've charged the same for two, two, 10 years, no, 12 years. Yeah. Well, now, is it different now, I hope? No, it's the same. Okay, well. Um, but, I, yeah, I like I like creating fake album art. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a poster for something that doesn't exist or an album for something that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I did that kind of with my IDO I did, uh, internship. I mm-hmm. created, like, 16 record covers that mm-hmm. weren't for anything that were just like went together with this object I made. So it had like 16 records. You can kind of like scroll through. Um, Is that available to see somewhere or no? No, I think that's in their their archives now. Uh, What is your favorite 90s hip hop? Oh, that's a really uh, record song. Uh, Artist or record or? I think the one I would my go-to would be um, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Ooh, that's a good one. I listen to it, like, a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, reminisce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that video, too. Um, <laughs> own my own business like my Aunt Joyce. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're back. We went to the bathroom. And... We are back to continue our chat, but I wanted to show Carlos and get his reaction since we were just talking about 90s hip-hop to a photo I found of me in high school art class. And it was of a portrait I painted. (laughs) I got it. Okay. Um, It was my favorite rapper. And also I think that the portrait that some other kid did of Harrison Ford that's hanging above me. Oh, is that <laughs> really Harrison funny. I like the uh, <laughs> the difference in like everyone else's. <laughs> the boys looks pretty cool though. Which one? The this, guy with the car? Yeah, the like the oh. Puerto Rican flag or something going on back there. Oh, the boys. <laughs> the boys. <laughs> I know. Also, uh, the timestamp says 1987, and this was in the 90s, but. Anyway, he was my favorite. I did, like, a bunch of portraits of rappers. FYI, I was in the uh, skateboard culture, so it wasn't, like, just hip-hop. We were, like, super into, you know, punk rock, but also the Steve Miller band. Yeah, the Offspring and stuff. No. (laughs) Stop it. 
not the offspring. Uh, the Cypress Hill, for mm-hmm. sure. Actually, uh, the reason I moved to Seattle was because of a skate video, too. Mm. It was the first time I heard the catheters. Oh, the catheters. And then you bought the album with the registration. Yeah, that. The weird registration. Jeff Kleinsmith. See, you do know album designers. You know him. I know Jeff, but I know I know him, like, personally, too, you know. That is a really interesting album that it caught your attention. Like, well, it, it was, drew you in so hard because it doesn't really... I, I wouldn't even well, notice it, was, it. It had a sticker on it uh-huh. that said, Warning Contains Art. <laughs> like on the plastic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's like everything is intended is supposed to be... And then when I first met Jeff, I told him that like little story, and he and I was like, and that sticker is like what pushed it over the edge for me. For like, I I didn't even know what Sub Pop was. I like turned it over and saw Seattle, Washington. Um, But when I asked him about it, he's like, yeah, but they kept returning all the records to Sub Pop because they're like, oh, these are all defective. They're misprinted. (laughs) So they had to produce all these stickers, stickers, and put them onto the record because oh so that they wouldn't get returned so anyhow is there anything else you want to promote or talk about not so much although i do want to say hi to all my uk listeners especially all the dudes that know bad vibrations they've been like my uk connection for bad vibrations yeah they're like a concert promoters out there oh cool and they've like hired me a bunch this year and flew me out last year to hang out and they've like hit me up for multiple projects probably the most this year Mm -hmm. they're like my biggest supporter so rad most of my posters have been in london this year but i don't i'm trying not to do an accent right now i'll tell you one thing about london can't get a coffee anywhere (laughs) except starbucks Damn tea. Yeah, there is Starbucks, huh? Yeah, I couldn't find I couldn't find coffee except for Americanos, and then I found like between my bus and my train a Starbucks, and so I'd get two twenty ounces, <laughs> take it home. and take it to work, and they like would make fun of me because I came in with like forty ounces of coffee, and it's like I can't make coffee breaks because I have to do it all in one. <laughs> they call it filter coffee, not drip. Because I ordered a drip, and they're like, Wait, what is that? They're like, sir, you need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, filter coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, filter coffee. That's good to know. That's a um, good tip. That's a good tip. Go to what Starbucks. other tips do you have for London? <laughs> uh, what um, else did I say about London? They, it's the best. It's the only other city I would really want to move to besides Seattle. Oh, yeah? Same weather. It's a huge city. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like the weather out there. <laughs> funny it's gloomy and suits me same hemisphere or what is it latitude mm-hmm. latitude so uh any animation uh aspirations Ooh, i would only want to do like old 2d hand drawn like hand drawn stuff yeah i almost thought about doing that for like at least taking some classes in it because i think I it would teach you how I think it would inform my like comicing a little mm-hmm. bit more, like being able to like do s- panels of like half movements, so you got between one to two. What was going on? Have you ever made a flip book? Not since I was really, really young. You've done so many of those huge, multi-paneled pieces with your kind of comic, yeah. Also, style also on the, I would, I did like. I think on my Twitter and stuff too is there I did these like entire I think I put the little mermaid up but mm-hmm. it's like super tiny panels so it's like just a whole movie in like mm-hmm. five pages or something. I redrew that great mouse detective. <laughs> um I was working on Aladdin for short run okay. but I didn't have time to finish it. Oh Aladdin and Kirby. I draw a lot of Kirby. Mm-hmm. Kirby's yeah, Kirby I think is the is just the purest art form there is honestly <laughs> I haven't paid much attention to it but I will now it's great Aww. it's so cute it's insanely psychedelic but it's mm-hmm. also like it's it embodied a lot of my art I think mm-hmm. I think my art was always Kirby but I just didn't know it you just didn't know it mm-hmm. you know what I I just recently saw my neighbor Totoro 
Mm-hmm. Just like two years ago. Oh, wow. Where was I that whole time? Have it was you, amazing. Have you made it through all the other, like, Miyazaki movies yet? No. No, I just, um, while I was in design school, I worked at the Central Cinema. Mm-hmm. And we showed it um, on, like, a family day. And I was like, everyone was like, you haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was holding back that. Same. What is wrong with you? How have you not seen this movie yet? We're watching it right now. Holy shit. I, my favorite is the, I like all those movies, but my favorite's the, his first one, which is like Lupin the Third. Lupin the Third? Castle of Cagliostro. Ooh. It was like a, it was like a property, an IP that uh, Miyazaki worked on in the 70s mm-hmm. and 80s, and he did, his first movie was directing one of the, that TV show into a movie. Mm. Um if I'm remembering correct. But the it's, t- can you watch the TV show too? I think the TV show is maybe on Hulu still. Whoa. Um, it's it's pretty funny. I like it. It's a little aged. It's a little yeah. sexist sometimes. But it's like supposed to be like a James Bondy Every, kind of nothing thing. Nothing aged well. Can we just um, say like nothing aged well? How do we go back and like that's another thing I think about his 90s. movies aged okay. Um, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for coming. And um, holler at your boys in London. Tell them to listen to the podcast. And um, this I'll one was kind of... Know. Let your mates know. Mm-hmm. And this one was a little break from the formula, but that's fine because sometimes uh, artists we need to know about are still around making art. And uh, oh, yeah, you've done album covers too, right? Yeah, I've done a bunch. A bunch. more Too many to mention right now. Google him, cmruiz.com. Mm-hmm. And all over the Instagrams and Twitters, we're at uh, designfreakspodcast.com. And you can contact me and all that stuff from there. And please download on iTunes, though, because it makes a big difference. Um, and review there. And I think I've said that a million times. Thank you, John Dwyer, for the music. And Oh No No's. Thank you, Eric and Puddles. Right, that's it. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.